Hello and welcome to Stormboy Speaks. Today we are on the second part of Jesus' resurrection and the cross. Last time uh, we discussed how Jesus' beginnings and where he might have come from and what he might have actually studied um, created what he later became and what um, set the standard for some of his teachings and that would be some of the ideas of um, Buddhism amongst other things and uh, some of the spiritual teachings from ancient Hinduism to some extent um, and those ideologies which had been taught to him also through the mystery schools connecting him to people like John the Baptist who was undoubtedly a mystery school initiate, a huge high mystery school initiate connected to the Essenes. We established that he was undoubtedly related and connected to the mystery school, Jewish mystery school, but Aryan Jewish mystery school. It sounds ironic when we think about the Nazis and etc., but it's a well-known Jewish Aryan group, the Essenes, very famous. Um, with great specific mystery school teachings, you know, they went around in white robes and were quite uh, occultist in their ideologies. And by occult, I mean hidden, of course. Um, people make the mistake of thinking there's some sort of darkness about occult. It doesn't mean anything, it just means hidden. That's all. So, yes, that's probably what the largest amount of stuff that was missing about Jesus' um, teachings in early life in the Bible. Now, what happened when he got back? As we spoke, we spoke and we said, there's this idea that he was sentenced to, you know, be, be um, crucified and died on the cross. And I've suggested strongly that, as it says in the Gnostic Gospels, this didn't happen. In fact, it was a man called Simon of Cyrene who was taken. Um, Jesus escaped and that whole episode didn't happen. So we have to ask ourselves then, where's this idea of the cross come from? Where does this idea of resurrection come from? And what is this? What are these things, right? So, is resurrection a real thing? Yes, it is a real thing. And it has been known to mystery school initiates across the world for hundreds, if not thousands of years. I'll explain in detail. So, in the story we have of Jesus, he's on the cross, right? He dies, he's dragged off to a cave, um, and he's placed in the cave. The stone is very significant in the story, and we'll get to that. The stone is rolled away, rolled in front of the cave, and he's left there, right? After three days, you know, the angel or whoever rolls the, rolls the um, stone back. The stone is now removed, and he is, you know, resurrected alive again okay so what's this really about did that really happen i would argue no that didn't really happen it's an allegorical tale and i explain this in detail completely and totally to do with mystery school tradition across the world this is how it works so the idea is that in mystery school initiation to this day at the highest level you are taken into a dark, um, often underground place with no light. You are made sure that you have no food and possibly no water. I'm not sure about that in different levels today, but probably at the time. No food, no water for three days. 
This is the way it has run to this day, three days in darkness, no, no food, possibly no water. And if you look at the, for instance, some of the nights of Malta and some of the places in, um, around Malta, you have to this day, you can go find them. They're these um, coffins that were built, but they're not coffins. They're coffins with lids, which, which are not on the coffins and there was no bodies ever buried there. And you can see that they were part of a mystery school initiation where they had all these stone coffins placed in darkened areas um, with no lid, or sometimes the lids will be visible, right? And the idea is that the initiate would be left to lie in this coffin, left alone, pro very probably the, the, the lid put on, if there was one, um, and no food, no water, three days. And of course, what happens is they go into a hallucinogenic state. Um, you start to hallucinate, okay? And you start to travel out of body, okay? You have an out of body experience. This is obviously hard and you're gonna feel bad, but after you haven't eaten and you're cold and all the rest of it, you're gonna start traveling out of body and have a hallucinatory type experience. How do I know this? Well, I know this because I happen to study it for part of my MA amongst other things. It just so happens that across the world, you see, in anthropological studies, you can see to this day, and it's something I studied in detail, um, the shamanic practice in shamans across the world in different tribes. So if you look at the uh, the Inuit Indians, i.e. the Eskimos of certain certain Eskimo tribes, uh, to this day will, and certainly you know, let's say eighty, hundred years ago, a lot more, would take the shamans. They would leave them um, in an isolated place in freezing cold, in darkness usually with no food and water, very specifically no food and water, um, for three days. Oh, sorry, sorry, that's a lie. In their case, no, probably often more like a week. That's right. In the shamanic practice of the India, India, it's more like a week, which is, or at least five days. Now, that's a long time to be left in the cold and the dark without any food or water. You can only survive for about <laughs> four days without water, so they probably had some water. But the deal is that in those anthropological studies you can read for yourself, it's done to this day, you study it to this day, and, and, and any anthropologist will tell you, um, the shaman then comes back, um, he's, they, they go and find him, and he is deemed to have been, he is deemed to have been, to be dead. He has been dead, he has come back from the land of, the, of death, and he is now reborn. This is the idea. In other words, he is resurrected. He is born again. Has he really died? No, of course he hasn't really died. The idea is he's traveled out of body and you can induce out of body experience in a number of ways. And if you look at the Monroe Institute, they use um, um, frequencies, sound frequencies to achieve this. It's, they did it a lot in the 70s and the 80s. Um, you can look it up online, the Monroe Institute. So traveling out of body is something that can happen to anybody at any time in many ways. Um, and often you, know, you get these near-death experiences where people have out-of-body experiences and perceive themselves. Their consciousness travels out of the body. All that's happening is your consciousness, the field of conscious thought within you, travels out of your body and is able to observe yourself from a distance and then travels back as your body becomes more cognizant again 
and uh, as a, uh, in effect if you think you've been dead you've not been dead it's just your consciousness has passed out of your body and you're dead you're dead right okay so the idea here is that this happens a lot as i've said in many shamanic practices the one i've used as an example of is the inuit indians and um they come back and they are then thought of as as i say uh, truly awakened truly enlightened truly awakened and this is the idea where the illuminati and the enlightened ones comes from because some of them the higher end ones have been through this process consider themselves awakened and, al and aware that there is no death that you can travel out of the body that your spirit will do that on death and that you can kind of you can do that while still living and travel back into the body again in this case so this has been practiced by many uh, indigenous tribes across the world for a long time. This is exactly the same practice that Jesus was undergoing as part of the mystery school initiations because that's where all shamanic practice came from. The originator of all shamanic practice is and was spread to all tribes just like it was uh, kept for the priesthood lineages um, in the mystery schools of Egypt and the mystery schools also of course of of um, of, uh, of, of Judaism. Kabbalah. So these ideas show you that the the idea they've used in, in most mystery school traditions, however, is not a week or you know five days, but three days. Three being a specifically important number, just like thirty-three, you know, the magic number. So they've given them three days, no food and water, you hallucinate, you travel out of body. Which is why to this day the people who are enlightened, as it were, call the rest of you, the rest of people in the world the walking dead that's right they're mocking you by putting that program on television because what they're saying is you are truly unaware of what is going on in the world and they are truly aware they know they are the enlightened ones that same mystery tradition is the one i am suggesting very strongly if i don't know but nonetheless you can think what you like that jesus had this experience how do i know that as well well here's the other thing the stone that was rolled in front is a pure metaphor a stone represents the granite the stone represents your pineal gland what is your pineal gland your pineal gland is the gland that is responsible for the opening of the third eye and if you've ever done any chakra work you'll know exactly what that feels like it feels like a kind of squiggly sensation somebody pressing um between your eyebrows like with a finger that's what it feels like um it's a sensation that i have all the time and so this sensation of the third eye opening in that way um, is representative of your third eye opening and, and, and attaching you to higher levels of spiritual enlightenment is giving you, um, is, sorry, is represented by the rolling of the stone away from the, the cave and, you know, Jesus coming out all enlightened and stuff. Now he's enlightened, that's right, it's exactly right. He comes out. He is now enlightened, allegorically. The stone has been rolled away because the idea is that um, often the, the, the pineal gland is calcified. It's normal, it's supposed to be. People think there's something wrong with that. It's like, no, no, that's what it is. But what happens is, with this idea of it being opened, the idea is of the stone or the calcification being somehow you know, pushed out of the way. In other words, it's not, there's no um, problem with it being accessed anymore. This is also represented in the architecture, and well known as such, 
in the ancient architecture of Gothic cathedrals, which are very, very occulted in nature, and all of them represent spiritual traditions of the mystery schools. All of the cathedrals of Europe represent this through the windows, through their, um, through the, uh, if you look at some of the symbolism, we'll talk about this in a later episode on the stained glass windows, the symbolism, the way in which the structure of the actual buildings are aligned north-south. They always have above a well of water because they need magical water to be underneath. This is well known amongst those who know about um, specific occult practice. Uh, so this is all there for, to, this is provably the case. Now, in these churches, what you also have represented is you have archways. And you may have seen this in many places. And if you see an archway, and you see in the middle of an archway what looks like kind of like a, a cork piece in the middle of it that sticks in the middle. Now, what you have is that represents the third eye being slightly blocked by the, like the stone in front of the cave and then you'll have another archway in the cathedrals usually where there won't be that central block piece in the arch at the top of the door. It will be missing. That's because that represents it now being removed. The calcification is removed, the stone is removed, and the third eye is now open, the eye of enlightenment. And the eye of enlightenment now shows you allegorically that this is the doorway you walk through when you are one of the initiated and enlightened, just like Jesus in the story. So the stone is rolled in front because it's there it's representing the third eye he goes in he spends three days they roll back the stone calcified stone is removed third eye is opened he is enlightened he comes in out resurrected yes he does but he has been out of body he has experienced what it is to be had an out of body or you know a near-death experience and he comes back with that idea that had already happened prior to them, but it's representing that allegorically in the story, not Jesus's actual death, which is why I'm suggesting very strongly, you can see this in, and as I said in the Gnostic text, that he didn't die on the cross, and instead, this is exactly what happened. The ritualistic practice of mystery school initiation. Quite clear, quite straightforward, not that difficult to see, I think. So, I hope that's been informative and next time we'll briefly discuss the meaning of the cross, the cross itself and how that has become the symbol of Christianity across the world. Until then, I wish you as always truth, freedom and balance.